0: voice of fintech hello and welcome to voice of fintech mina middle east and north africa series in this series you will hear inspirational stories of entrepreneurs corporate innovators investors and ecosystem hub leaders from the middle east and north africa my name is rudy Falad. i'm the founder of the voice of fintech podcast this episode is hosted by dora Hello everyone, this is Dora Mahouli for The Voice of FinTech. Today I'm with Emel Saiden, a medicine entrepreneur, ecosystem builder and digital transformation expert. She is president of Tunisian Startups, the association that is giving voice for Tunisian startups, but she is also the founder of BetaCube, a venture builder in fintech and other topics such as mobility. She's also the co founder of Digital to Value, an SME digital transformation platform. Hello, Amel. How are you? Hi, Dora. I'm good. Thank you. Thank you for having me today. Thank you, Amel. It's very nice to have you here as a guest and um, looking forward for this podcast. Thank you. Me too. Amel, what's your background? How did you get here today?
1: Well, cool. so I'm an engineer by training. So I've studied electrotechnical engineering in Germany, and then I worked for large corporates, companies like Siemens, the Microsoft of this world. I had also the opportunity to go for an additional master's of science in business in digital economy that has opened my eyes to the evolution of the trends, the world transforming in terms of leveraging digitalization and technology. And then I landed almost accidentally into the world of entrepreneurship and it was an amazing journey of self-discovery but also of a learning curve a very intense learning curve in terms of learning new topics, new possibilities opportunities business models i've experimented with the programs i've started startups i i have discovered the world of civil society and being committed to building something that's bigger than ourselves
0: so it's such a cool journey amazing And so, how you came to Tunisia then? Yeah, coming to Tunisia was uh, a, actually out of almost of out of curiosity because I know Tunisia only
1: uh, as a child, um, and then I wanted to discover the opportunities uh, in the professional world. But it's also a commitment to build something in in my own country and out of my own country. So I really believe that we have the talent that's required to build top world class endeavors uh, or projects, uh, startups, and it just requires to combine the right ingredients for this soup to work out or for this, let's call it shakshuka in our own language, to produce something really cool. This is why I've started experimenting in Tunisia, of course, with the perspective of building and growing internationally. And this is what we have been always focusing on, preparing our entrepreneurs for going international as soon as possible.
0: Amazing. So, talking about preparing the talents and so on, let's talk more about pita Group, like how would you describe it? BetaCube is uh, is the current project
1: I'm working on. It's founded back in 2019. The idea was uh, to fill in a gap. uh, It it was uh, out of an observation of the Tunisian startup ecosystem that uh, nobody or almost nobody was working on the uh, idea stage uh, startups. Uh, We thought we should be uh, focusing on this stage, enabling, uh, preparing all or giving or bringing in all the success ingredients for a startup, be it supporting them with the tech, with building their MVP, with the right network, uh, with the right uh, process, incubation process while being involved, of course, hands-on in their business. That's why the model of venture bidding. Um, so these are startups where we are totally involved. So we have equity in these startups. This is our portfolio. So we are part of the process and we help them grow as fast as possible from idea to
0: MVP, to market validation and to uh, the first round of fundraising. Amazing. So when you launched Betacube, like you thought to focus on fintech at first and then maybe see other topics later on. What does it depend on first? And second, what are the challenges that you had like earlier but also dealing
1: with right now? Yes, this is an amazing question because we have thought of this uh, choice. So first, uh, it was a decision to uh, focus on a specific topic because this uh, this stage requires some a certain level of expertise. Supporting properly startups in this stage require requires to have the right network, the, a minimum of knowledge of, of the uh, activity, the sector, the trends, uh, what's going on in the world. And then uh, the choice of fintech is, so the background of the, the, the idea we had is what is that specific area or sector that could enable a full, the whole economy? or unlock the potential of the whole economy. And this is one of the areas where the economy is really blocking in a country like Tunisia and many still in many emerging markets. So we thought if we unlock the potential of fintech, we will be unlocking the uh, massive potential in the economy. And if we support entrepreneurs in fintech, we will support. We'll be supporting them with ideas or with concepts that they wouldn't dare going for on their own. Because it's so complex and so complicated that this is actually part of our mission as a venture builder to support it with the, the complex ones, with the complex ideas.
0: Amazing. I like the idea that the fintech will unlock other kinds of industries. And so when you start with the fintech later on, it will be linked with mobility. With food tech, with ed tech, with everything, uh, whatever commerce yes, uh, especially that's, e-commerce, absolutely, in Tunisia everything that's and booming. Yeah, Let's say right now you had funding, but also there are a lot of fundings available worldwide, also for uh, Africa, I would say. But specifically, when we talk about North Africa and Tunisian markets, what is it about the VC look and also the availability of funding? How do you see things
1: there? Yeah. It's, a, it's indeed a massive, a critical problem for an emerging ecosystem. Actually, we have a funding scarcity or adequate financing scarcity that's really terrible right now. But this, is, this could be also seen from the outside as an opportunity. Because what we're building right now uh, as an ecosystem is a beautiful pipeline of quality startups that are uh, super tech-based. So the tech component is uh, super advanced. So we have been qualified as an ecosystem by major international players or development uh, partners as a deep tech ecosystem. And the country is producing a lot of tech people with uh, an amazing quality. The the whole idea is actually that this is an opportunity for investors worldwide to consider such an ecosystem because it's just, just an investment opportunity it's just cheaper to invest right now in an ai or in a super tech startup yeah you would uh, for for one million you get uh, i don't know 15 percent from an ai startup but for the same one billion you'd get uh, probably one percent in a startup in an equivalent startup in london so from an investor perspective there is a beautiful opportunity right now because the valuations are not exaggerated yet maybe it's going to come soon
0: Very good uh, (laughs) assessments. Okay, let's say the tech is not the big challenge because the talents are here. Really, Tunisia is booming with great talents, tech talent. But let's talk about the challenges of building a fintech in Tunisia. Like today, I would like to build a fintech from scratch. What would be the three main challenges that I would have, yeah, if I would start tomorrow?
1: Okay. Three main challenges, I would say legal framework, access to market or space to validate your innovation, and then the third one would be access to, to adequate financing. So the legal framework is extreme, extremely conservative. That's why we very often consider an international grow, growth from, from the beginning, because if you want to build for the Tunisian market, the Tunisian market is not going to be big enough, big enough anyways. And the legal framework is so antiquated. It's, it's really this super closed in a way that, that does not allow everything that's related to new technologies it will be confronted with, with laws that are not, uh, not up to date anymore. So we're working on, as an association, of course, on uh, the advocacy for a more open ecosystem with uh, with an updated uh, legal framework. However, in the meanwhile, this stays uh, absolutely a challenge for the startups. When it comes to a market, since the market is closed, the financial services ecosystem stays old-fashioned and uh, and the appetite for innovation stays uh, super limited since uh, competition stays very local. The local financial services ecosystem does not feel the pressure of the competition from, from the international market. So there is... Not such a need for innovation and for, so it's not, collaborating with the startups is not linked to the survival of the financial services players, but instead as a, it's just a CSR type of activity. Finding the right partners from a market perspective is another challenge. And of course, the financial, the funding the or financing that stays a challenge for every player
0: in the startup ecosystem in Tunisia right now. Okay, so I see also maybe big groups, corporates need to collaborate with these fintechs to make it more traction and make it more viable and sustainable for long term through open innovation or such examples. Absolutely. Okay. So given your experience, Emil, what trends do you see in emerging emerging in the African tech markets that the world should pay attention to, like Tunisia or North Africa or even the African market?
1: So the African market is such an amazing place where innovation is really booming, where creativity and uh, combined with the resilience and just entrepreneurs that are hungry for building something cool, really growing. The level of attractiveness for international funding is also growing. Africa has hit the, the barrier of uh, or the level of 4 billion in VC funding last year. It stays, of course, small, but everyone is looking at Africa right now. There is a growing trend uh, in in fintech solutions, but also a growing trend because of uh, the legal barriers that are not, just not there, and allowing that the tech, allowing the tech to move for the tech to move much faster than than the, the, the current legal framework. There is a big trend in terms of B two B solution solutions and, and e commerce, but there is also another beautiful trend because people when or the world looking at Africa will see Africa as one big thing. Uh, even though the reality of it is that the, there are a lot of small Africas and a lot of uh, countries with uh, barriers of interoperability between the countries uh, on all levels. The beautiful trend that we're seeing right now is that startups are being able to overcome these, uh, these barriers and these frontiers, uh, these boundaries, and they are managing to build cross-border payment solutions, payment solutions that are uh, serving many countries uh, in Africa. Of course, this is, this requires uh, big legal departments uh, working in these uh, startups. However, the way the way they are managed, managing to find workarounds workaround is allowing them to access a massive market that justifies bigger and bigger funding rounds. That's why we are starting to see more and more
0: unicorns appearing in, in Africa and mainly in the fintech space. Yes. So today BetaCube ML has, I don't know how many startups in the pipeline, what are the fields and what, what makes them interesting? For the Tunisian market, but also maybe, as you said, as a bridge for other markets.
1: So we are—we have right now twelve startups in our portfolio, well, which is which is pretty cool. I yeah, think, considering the um, challenges of, of uh, our space, so we are, we have focused mainly on fintech, but we've also started adding other activities like. Um, quick commerce, mobility platforms, logistics, logistics. and then, of course, we're considering also synergies between the startups in our community or portfolio. Plus, we are preparing most of them for growth and internationalization now that we have validated most of the MVPs and the products. And all of them are, of course, by design looking forward to growing because most of them have been built with Tunisians, Tunisian diaspora, So Tunisians living abroad who are exposed anyways to, to other ecosystems and to other markets. So we are building with and uh, or co-founding with entrepreneurs who are based in the U.S., in Switzerland, in, in, in France and other countries of the world. So this makes us actually, uh, this brings in um, the international DNA by design uh, in BetaCube. Plus, we have been building or uh, working as a remote-friendly space from the beginning as a digital-first space. And so we think that we are ready actually to, uh, to move to the next level and to grow towards other new markets and new uh, and create new hubs very soon.
0: Okay. So, what can you give us some examples? I mean, of some ideas that have validated their MVP, they're starting to have traction, like some solutions. So that absolutely yes. So we have built, a, for instance, a cross-border payment
1: solution. We we have also built a reconciliation solution based on AI. So we have the tech component is very present in, in our solution. We are we are also developing a buy now pay later solution, a digital ID for financial services, digital signature for financial services. We are also touching upon the topics. Uh, in tech we have built a startup that, that offers pet pets insurance because this is a growing market in in, in MENA and the world. Even Rovolute has, has developed a pets insurance uh, solution. And and then uh, on the just to mention a few on the logistics and uh, uh, front, so we have built a quick commerce solution that we are we have uh, launched in, in Tunisia, Algeria, and now in, uh, in Senegal. We're also clear direction towards towards the African market. And then we have also built a three-wheeler working with an electric car, working with photovoltaic energy that is now expanding towards Europe and the Middle East. And of course, so around all these startups, we have uh, also a uh, built a variety of programs that allow us to test new services, to explore, to learn. And many of them are geared toward, towards the MENA region and Africa. So we're, now we're working, for example, with the UN Economic Commission for Africa, launching an incubation program for African women in in Senegal, Tanzania and uh, Ethiopia and, uh, and Tunisia and hopefully we'll be expanding to many more countries next year.
0: Yeah, so talking about expanding, how you, would you think to, expand, to scale up first uh, the model of BetaCube and second, how you would expand geographically through topics, or how do you see the next steps? So it's a combination of both.
1: So we're opening up to, uh, to other sectors. We are planning to have, uh, build a, a blueprint that co- that uh, consolidates all the learnings we have we had throughout the last the last few years. And this blueprint will uh, allow us to build and accelerate uh, very early stage startups in hubs that will be distributed in the Europe, Middle East, and Africa region. And so the idea is to build in the coming year. Uh, Two years, five hubs that will allow us to create to connect these areas of the world because entrepreneurs are really looking forward to having a space that allows us to, to access new markets quickly in a trusted, in a supported environment. We will be offering the venture building experience or the support to, for entrepreneurs to, to build in North Africa, in East and West Africa, and also in, in, in the Middle East. And we are now in the process of finding the right partners for this expansion plan.
0: Okay, amazing. So Bidak would be the bridge between many markets. Absolutely, this is exactly the idea. Amazing. Well, how would it be best to reach out to you? And second, what kind of partners are you looking for?
1: So uh, you'll you can find me uh, just uh, everywhere on anything that's digital. <laughs> find me on LinkedIn, on Facebook. Uh, reach out through the BetaHub.io uh, website, but uh, or the Tunisian startups uh, or channels partners we're looking for. Uh, where we you can also find us on the Digital to Value website, Digital to Value So any or just uh, Google me and find me. So we're looking forward to building partnerships in uh, especially in the markets we have uh, mentioned earlier. We're looking for uh, smart funding. So funding. who can help us uh, establish or realize this potential. But we're also looking for, of course, corporate partners who are interested to build with us, build solutions with us. because uh, we work on the idea stage and we'd like to work on use cases that are relevant for the market and that uh, respond to business needs. And of course, any talent who are inspired by this uh, story, please reach out to us. We're looking for amazing people to help to build with us and to, to
0: fulfill this potential. Amazing. Thank you very much, Emil, for your time. It was my pleasure to have you as a guest. So it was Voice of Fintech. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to Voice of Fintech podcast. If you haven't already, check out also voiceoffintech.com, where you will find all the episodes and additional resources related to the podcast. You can also subscribe to Voice of Fintech on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, or any other podcast app that you like. If you have any suggestions on the topics or guests or how to make this podcast better for you, please email us at info at voiceofintech.com. Happy to hear from you. Thank you.